0: Everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological, the podcast that explored the breadth of human fandom. This week, we begin our three-part series in which we close the book on the podcast that was Phanthropological, beginning with a look back on our favorite episodes. Here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T.
1: This is the beginning, the beginning of the end. Anthropological. And it might not be the end for everything that we do, but, uh, you know, this is the end of this and I hope everybody's enjoyed this fun little journey we've been on for so long so far. Z, are you done playing with your microphone?
2: <laughs> I think so.
1: <laughs> I might just leave that
0: uh, in. <laughs> that was a journey in and of itself. <laughs> and Nick Z. Ahoy uh, hoy. T, as you reminded me, there, and as the fourth doctor said just before he regenerated into the fifth, it is the end, but the moment has been prepared for. Oh, I mean, that's true, technically. Because <laughs> this episode, we're counting down each of our favorite episodes that we did of the hundred and... 158, I think. After this, 161. Hmm. Yeah. So we have, we have our list. We're going to go up for five to one, maybe throw in some honorable mentions, and of course, no points are awarded if you double with somebody else.
2: Eh.
1: Oh, damn it. <laughs> going for the
0: high score.
2: So Z? Yes? Why don't you drop your number five on us? My number five for favorite episodes would have to be the legend of zelda episode
1: i mean no surprises here that 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 episode ended up on your list of favorites we had a friend of the podcast andy spateri of is it zelda informer or zelda dungeon
2: zelda dungeon both it is both oh, it's technically. Both. technically like one does one thing the other does the other but like zelda dungeon is where you find like the discord and the podcast and what like, the champions cast specifically all that kind of stuff Every time I was playing
0: Breath of the Wild and I was like, where the hell is this <laughs> thing? Zelda Dungeon would be the first mm-hmm. result. All
1: right, Z, what was it about that episode that was like, this is my one of the greats?
2: Honestly, I've really enjoyed chatting with Andy about Zelda, hearing his opinions, um, getting his hot takes on the timeline, oh, really? and uh, yeah, and also how he defended his hatred of the timeline, saying that each game is just like a different legend. So they don't have to line up. They're just being told by different people or different times or just different stories. Each game is its own
1: Final Fantasy. Whoa. If you will. If I will. Oh, thank goodness Final <laughs> Fantasy doesn't try to fit all those together.
0: <laughs> that predated Breath of the Wild, did it or not?
1: I think it was still, uh, like, the game was, be- it wasn't speculative, like, who? what is this game? But mm-hmm. it was, like, this game hasn't been released yet.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do we have Hyrule Historia? We did. Oh yes, that existed. Out. Okay. So we had an official, an official timeline.
2: So yes. Like, Plus, um, even though you might think that this would uh, get it ranked higher, I remember. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I remember also kind of enjoying editing that one.
1: Fun fact for anyone who didn't know: for I don't know the longest duration of the podcast, Z was the sole editor. Yep, a real trooper, and and did <laughs> all of the right. Editing. Yeah. Until that wasn't possible because you had a job that was more demanding. Yep. <laughs> and then we ventured into possibly one of the worst decisions ever made splitting the work between the three of us. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Yeah. What a ride that was. Oh, oh yeah. Boy.
1: I would love to say more about that episode, but I think, and I, I have this note written down, there are more than 150 episodes, and the majority of those are over an hour. Yeah. And as a result, there are some episodes that I just do not remember in the slightest. For reference, the Legend of Zelda episode was number 57. It came out uh, just in, at the end of December 2017. A lot has happened between now and
0: then. <laughs> Seems like a very long time ago. And yeah, I, did the, I had the same experience of looking at listen, being like, was, was I in that one? Did <laughs> we do that? I don't remember doing that. We talked to a lot of people about a lot of fandoms for over a long period of time. Uh, T, your number five.
1: My number five was the near episode. Uh, uh, what was oh, it? Oh yeah, with our resident neurologist uh, SM Zelda rules, and I really enjoyed that episode because it was, I think, one of the first. There were lots of episodes that we dove into that we had absolutely no idea if it was a fandom or not, or how deep the rabbit hole went. Like our first season was just full of crapshoots. <laughs> um, oh
2: yeah, you know
1: Coca Cola Christmas, Christmas, yeah uh Esperanto, like really interesting topics, but also being like, I don't know, is this a thing? Bruce Campbell. That's like the third episode. Yeah. Um, but Mir, which I think we talked about in season six, was one of the first times we actually had a guest on the show. Uh, someone who like we had like a nascent friendship with. And I was just like, I have no idea how this is gonna go. Also, I think that was one of the episodes that we live streamed.
0: Yeah. From- yeah, we were we were live streaming for a time.
1: Yeah. That's right. But what I really liked about the episode was even though there were four of us all talking over each other, many of us having no idea what to do, it still felt like a great conversation where we all learned some things and possibly learned too much. We possibly went too deep.
0: That's like that automatic game. That was the extent of my knowledge before we did that episode. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's like, oh, actually, <laughs> this game is the third game in a series, but the second game was from the fifth ending of the first game. Like, this isn't to mock um, Momo or anything like that. It's just holy crap i did not know how deep it's, this rabbit hole goes
0: it is a it is a twisting series of vines mm-hmm. that i know that was one of the best things about this, doing this show <laughs> it seems like oh we're gonna talk about video game or some or some crap and then you find out like the the depth and like the way things move and it's like oh the, yeah yeah the a game based off a particular ending of the sequel to this other game and like what why do people do this 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 kind of media exists being, being thrown for a loop like that was great.
1: Yeah. So, so for me, it's number five because it was like one of the first instances where we had this great conversation with like an unknown element. We'd, we'd had guests on the show previously, but like I think just the, the relationship between us and Momo meant like it was a little bit closer, whereas most of the time they're complete strangers. And as we've learned during this podcast, chemistry can be way all over the place, even between the three of us who do a podcast all the time.
0: <laughs>
1: uh
0: Yeah. For my number five, I picked our episode on Galaga. Ooh, not something I would have expected with with Michael Kimball, yep. who wrote the boss fight books book on Galaga, as well as several other books. That it was just like taking a time tunnel into a completely different world. Yeah. most of most of the fandoms we talk about were contemporary or very close to contemporary, but this was like it was like Stranger Things, but actually, <laughs> it, like like. Like it was just crazy to see the way in which a fandom would would coalesce in like the early '80s around what what video games were then because mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily immersive, but like it was it was all about in the subtitle the long quarter yeah <laughs> you know how how long can you make that quarter last how good are you at Galaga and then finding out there was there was stuff like a Galaga graphic novel stuff like that like recently
1: oh it's uh, the uh, North um, Ryan North yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I think the thing that I remember from that episode most was towards the end of the episode, talking with with the, the guest and being like, "So this fandom's pretty much dead," and he's like, "Oh yeah, pretty much."
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. We
0: we didn't cover things like that a lot either.
1: No, we we mostly tried to cover things that are alive or have vestiges of being alive.
0: Yeah, but like Michael had this like it was like a big part of his experience growing up. So it's like we had this great time capsule of even though it's not around really now, like how much it meant then. And that was that was incredibly
2: cool. Nothing to add, but my number four. Oh, hey. So my number four was Rock Progressivo Italiano. What? Sort of sort of an (laughs) obscure one. Uh, both in terms of the actual fandom and a thing to cover on the show. But the reason why it's my number four was because it was really cool to learn about like how a style of music kind of influenced the political makeup of a country, even if it was just for like a little bit of time in the 70s. I, I refuse to believe that I did not pick that subject. I think you did. I must have. <laughs>
0: I think you did. But yeah, I remember, I remember being blown away that it's like... Because it's it's you know sort of it's definitely related to prog rock, yeah. But Italy never had rock and roll. Their rock, their prog rock, comes from an entirely different direction. It comes from more of a classical, uh, yeah.
2: opera, opera sort of um, origin, which was actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that angle as well. That just that different approach to a genre of music that I'm pretty familiar with.
1: I do not, for the life of me, remember anything about that episode <laughs> other than as it is today as it was then. Just being like, what are we covering? <laughs>
2: I think it, it might have been also might have been the first episode where I used Google Translate to try to find sources. It's always a little, little fun oh. project. That was, that, was
0: a, that was a fun obstacle when we were doing like our <laughs> around the world season. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Try
1: to find a fandom that's not English speaking and try to analyze try that. Try to cite sources? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> T, number four.
1: My number four was Bob's Burgers. And I think for me, it took the number four slot because it was one of the fandoms that I kind of, I wanted to experience it and it was experienceable. Like many of the Mm -hmm. things that we talked about, I'm like, there's no way I'm catching up on this. Eventually we did an episode on Critical Role. It's like, (laughs) no, that's not how, like there's, there's just too much. There's no way I could have watched it all by the time. Uh, But Bob's Burgers, like, I think literally the weekend before we recorded the episode with our guests, Brittany and I can't remember her sister's name, but uh, from Pods Burgers. Yes. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'd watched, I'd finished watching the entire show, I think. So it was one of the few things where we covered where I'm like, oh, I actually know what you're talking about. And in addition to that, there was just this amazing chemistry between us and Brittany, because I think they have a podcast that is a lot similarly lighthearted to ours, or at least the lighthearted bits. I remember the mm-hmm. beginning of the episode, I remember legitimately having no idea what to start because we usually have like a witty little quip off the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'm like, how did I not prepare for this? Because Bob's Burgers <laughs> has all these burger puns. And like, it doesn't come across as... As like I'd forgotten, it comes across as like a bit of humor and then Z has something lined up. But then our guests also, despite knowing that it's about Bob's Burgers and despite the fact that there's all these dumb burger names, also didn't have anything prepared. And
0: Bernie Bernie and Jen, by the way.
1: Oh, thank you. And that's just how it starts and then it continues and you've got this this chemistry and this energy keeping up. And so that's why it's my number 4.
0: Yeah, I remember their discussion of of it being like I don't know if this this was their words but like a companion show. There was just, there's just always had it on mm. just the comfort of of it just being on in their their apartment or in their their house or whatever. I remember that specifically talking like about getting up in the morning and getting ready while having yeah. Bob's Burgers on. I could probably do that with Bob's Burgers. <laughs>
1: it's generally a warm fuzzy show. No longer available on Netflix guys. Not Canada on Netflix. Wow. Uh, Gee, what about insane. you? What's, what's your number four? Number four was our
0: episode on pinball. Hey. Because like my experience and knowledge of pinball was like a vast nothing. I'd pull <laughs> the thing and then the ball would shoot out and I'd hit the flippers probably at the same time and then fail miserably. And then that would be it. Then I'd walk away. wonder why I spent the dollar. <laughs> or if I was at MagFest, spend nothing. But still, <laughs> still very unfulfilled. We had Jessica from the Pinball Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only did we talk about the history of pinball, in which it was outlawed for a while because because oh, yeah. they thought it was gambling, <laughs> but it was like it was like a beautiful mind. <laughs> it was like there, you know everything you do in the pinball is connected, and it all relates to everything else that's going on. And I was like, I didn't even realize that was possible. I thought I was experiencing what pinball was, and it was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, I was ever more, more wrong. And then I also found out people would send pinball machines to each other. The nightmarish process of, <laughs> of figuring out the logistics of shipping a pinball machine alone cemented itself in my mind.
1: We talked about the historical aspect, but I hadn't really put two and two together, but you almost had this, like, well, there was a generational th- thing as there have been with, with video games where you've got, you know, the analog machines, which use like electromagnetic bumpers and then you get into the more digital area, but like, yeah, I only remember that as being a good conversation where I learned a lot and felt good doing the podcast. Yeah. Oh, and also the, the charity for that episode was good. Bells and chimes pinball. That's what yeah. it was. Yes. The, yeah, I'm just Bells the and notes chimes. Yep. I was like, it's clever. Yep. It had to have been. If you go to the show notes for that episode, which I'm hoping we will include in the show notes for this episode, you can actually see a map of where nearby <sighs> pinball machines are. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, we looked at that. We're in a dead zone.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. We're not, not a lot of pinball around here. Aside from doing it, I don't really
0: remember much from that episode. (laughs) (laughs) But Z, hopefully you remember your number
2: three episode. I do. My number three, breakfast cereals. Oh, dang. So I went into it thinking, okay, this is going to be just a bunch of people collecting old boxes of cereal from like eBay and, you know, trying to buy up the monster cereals every Halloween. But then I think it was T uncovered in an entire internet underworld (laughs) of cereal mascots. And that was just... Incredible. I have nothing but
0: fond memories of that. And yeah, it didn't didn't seem like there would be that much that much to talk about. Yeah, but it just we just kept going. We just kept finding yes. new new
1: stuff. Yeah, new wrinkles, and it just it just snowballed. I'm gonna tip my hand here. Uh, mm. I al- I also had breakfast cereals as my number three. Oh, what? oh. I was like, no we're doing, points awarded. We're doing pretty well so far. Nobody nobody's duplicated anything. Um, yeah, pretty similar as as Z. I was totally expecting for this episode for it to be a, a normal, boring sort of like our Christmas or Coca-Cola episodes, which is like, man, what what a weird hobby for people to, to have. Then, yeah, the episode takes this really crazy turn. Uh, I have the notes open for the show. Z had asked, you know, out of all the series in the world, who has the most complex Song of Ice and Fire style background <laughs> story? <laughs> and then we learned that Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch... Yep. His, like, big backstory. <laughs> we learned about a bunch of weird racist serial mascots. Oh, yeah. And the best part to me was learning about how weirdly sexy Tony the Tiger is.
0: Oh. <laughs> learning about there's some... there. there <laughs> there's some stuff. There's some stuff about uh, Tony about, about the Tiger in there.
1: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. him being this working class guy with whatever voice and then i think it was in like the late 70s they're like yeah we're gonna make him more swole and i just like okay what <laughs> what are we doing if this happened today that would be playing with fire for sure
2: i mean it was didn't they shut down tony's uh twitter account or something or wasn't there like some oh yeah, thing no, from that, kellogg's yeah, saying stop doing that yeah i forgot cool. about that that came
1: up at the time yeah the episode <sighs> yeah that yeah. was surprisingly good and that was only number three. Yeah. That was only number three. Oh, man. My number three
0: was our two-parter on Disney Parks. Oh, hey. Whoa. Tyler Spooky Man. Oh, man, did I love talking about this. Because you, you keep poking and there's just more. Disneyland, Disney World are so huge. I've actually gotten back into looking at stuff on it. Like, more about the history of it now. And I also find that fascinating. But, like, the sheer breadth of what Disney Parks are just done me like the fact that they're set up so that you cannot see other parts of the park when you're in a certain part of the park like the level of immersion that goes into it and the and the ever present promise of dole whip also
1: (laughs) i learned how to make Dole Whip at home and it was a great decision (laughs) it was a great thing to know I do remember that episode was like, we intended it to go in one direction. Like, let's learn more about um, kind of like Disney fandom in general. But then, yeah, we're like, we're going hard. We're making a hard turn into the parks. Mm-hmm. And even that yeah. was involved.
2: Yeah, there's so much. But
1: it was supposed to be one episode. Also that
0: <laughs> Yeah. We just kept talking.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's just so much to cover. Secret tunnels. What people who are there uh, for like summer jobs as mascots get up to. A club? What is it? Club? I think it's called Club Thirty Three. Uh, the Purple Wall. Oh, Empire the Runs Purple Back. Wall. Right. <sighs> number two. That's right. <laughs> now, it's ser- now it's getting serious. Now it's getting serious. All right. For my number two, I went a little bit more recent. I think this is is uh, within the last. I want to say two seasons, but uh, since that concept is kind of broken down, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to say the last twenty episodes. So my number two furries oh that was Ooh. a great episode yeah i really enjoyed talking with uh sarah water raven about uh about it and like learning about the culture from uh from an insider or former insider i liked
1: how open she was about talking about that because mm. even before we did the episode actually when we were deciding on the topics for the season we were just like F- it we're gonna go for broke we're gonna do whatever uh, we're gonna do furries even though it like seemed to be on this weird line it's like nope nobody cares we're doing it and she was just like very open it's like yeah like most fans are like this some fans are like that not that i'm trying to beat around the bush i don't remember the specifics you can listen to the episode if you want to hear more about it but he was just like really open about explaining like how cool people are normally and like i guess establishing a baseline of what furry fandom is because usually people think it's the sex stuff and that's only part of it just like most fandoms
0: yeah i feel like that one was like it was like tentatively on the list for a very long time i think so yeah it was like it was like we wanna when do we pull the trigger on because we had that one in our back pocket. Like probably when we did the first season, it came oh, yeah. up. Probably, probably. Um, so we had that one in our back pocket for a very long time.
1: If I remember correctly, I was talking with a, a friend recently. I was having a conversation and they were talking about having listened to our episode, and they said it was actually really helpful in understanding furry relationships because they, they were dating somebody who was a furry, and I just felt oh. I felt really good about it. Hmm. That's
0: great. Yeah, it's kind of it's really cool. Kind of, you know, part of what we want the podcast to be about, like like demystifying fandoms, basically.
1: Yeah, it turns out most fandoms are like normal enough for people to just be like okay with them, but furries was like that line, and I helped that person cross the line. Mm -hmm.
0: That's great. A lot of fandoms are like I'm watching a different thing on this TV.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much,
0: right? Like, but yeah,
1: T. My number two was anthropological world. <laughs> oh man! And it almost has nothing to do with the topic. I think that philately would have been a really interesting topic to dive into in depth for the show. I think we have no I'm, shortage of people that we could have tapped on.
0: I, I am married to a philatelist, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and a former philatelist, I should say.
1: It's it's like Catholics, right? Do you ever <laughs> really stop being a philatelist?
2: you still pay attention to the the artistry of the stamp I suppose a lapsed philosophy ah.
1: for me Phanthropological world was an episode styled after Beekman's world Bill Nye Mr. Wizard what have you and for me it's like the platonic ideal of what I really wanted Phanthropological <laughs> to be like and after doing it for like I don't know four years or however long we've been doing it I realized that doing that every week would be impossible <laughs> I mean given our current current means but it was just so great to like make this thing that I was really proud of and that it was a love letter to those things. It's, it's not veiled. It's, it's very out there. And it was funny. I think like your, like everybody's performances were great. Z, uh, Oh, he's the rat. I forget Lester. Yeah. 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 Just, just amazing. G as Nick Nye or Nick, um, Nick Fry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was just so much fun to make that put in all the stupid
2: sound effects. (laughs)
1: It sounds really good and it took so much effort and I'm glad that it worked well and it was like the only time we've ever done an April Fool's episode.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it sounded like you had a lot of fun making it, like doing the editing, doing the writing.
1: It's the thing that when you're doing it, you hate it, but then Ah. when it's done, you're like, this was great. This was worth it. It's like exercise. Mm. Interesting
2: analogy. (sighs) Number 2G. For me. Was our episode about gunplay. Oh. You mean gunplay?
1: Locked and loaded, ready. For- <laughs> you know what?
0: I was not personally interested before the episode. I was not personally interested after the episode. But it was one of the most delightful conversations I ever remember having on the podcast.
1: Lauren was very helpful
0: with uh, Lauren Orsini.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like not only she kn- know all the stuff and knew what to describe, knew what we're talking about, but in a very in a in a way that like like we're trying to do is like bring people in. You know, like get get people. Into what it's about, without you know, like without masking behind technical jargon or or whatever you whatever you have. I was like, I was excited to talk about this thing that I honestly don't really care about with her.
1: Yeah, because I remember before that episode, we'd kind of, as we always try to do, kind of dig in on our own. Mm -hmm. It it felt like a topic that is something that you really could kind of reach all around and understand without getting too deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we had Lauren on the on the show, and it was even better because she runs gunpla 101 a blog that's been running for a while that digs into all of that
0: yeah there's a lot of like just tactical stuff you could just talk about in terms of gunpla but she did a really good job about like framing it like why she likes it and why it's important to her and what it means what it means to do it and what it means to have those finished models so that was i just remember having a great 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 feeling after that episode
1: was it on that episode where she was talking about how you know, Gunpla tends to be something that tends to be male dominated in terms of like it's fans. And so it was really empowering for her to be a woman in that fandom space. And she was also talking about whenever she would post pictures of the models that she'd make, the the different Gundams, that she'd always make sure to like have her nails done nice to be ha. like, yeah, this is a woman doing this. Yeah, yeah,
0: she was, she was talking about it. that was
1: great. I couldn't remember if that was something I read on her blog <laughs> or <if> something that <laughs> happened on the episode. Yeah, that was great. We had a lot of good moments like that. Season six to eight were solid.
0: I think all of my episodes are from a fairly small stretch of time, to be honest.
2: Probably.
1: Uh, Did we want to dig into people's honorable mentions before we get into the big number one?
2: Oh, yeah. I can. uh, Yeah, I can run through, run through mine. I've got got three here. First off, Beyblade, one of those unexpectedly uh, very interesting fandoms, but especially two brothers destroyed their house's bathtub trying to use it as a Beyblade arena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Need I say more? <laughs> like, just for that alone. Uh, also, The Office. Uh, I had no idea that there is, like, that okay. sort of uh, psychology behind why people use Netflix as a the office machine, just to have it on all the time and to rewatch it over and over and over again, because apparently it's very calming in a kind of background way. I remember feeling very smug about not particularly liking The Office
0: after yeah. that episode. Yeah.
2: I it, I also have it as an honorable mention because out of all all the episodes we've done, it was one of the few that I actually followed up on and uh went through and watched the whole series of afterwards. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh wow. Uh Z. He. Yeah? I still haven't seen Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's been on my list for a long time. <laughs> oh man.
2: <laughs> and um Rounding out those honorable mentions, uh, I've got Team Eco on here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just because it was a, a a neat conversation about games as art, at least for part of it. I remember being like, so
0: Shadow of the Colossus is basically that I that I did, I said some elaborate metaphor and he's like, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> 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 it's my fondest memory of that episode.
2: <laughs> but uh, I remember, I remember really enjoyed talking about that. Talk about that. That's it for uh, my honorable mentions. T, do you have any? I
1: had a bunch for different reasons. I'm sure since we did hundreds of hours of content, I could probably even think of more. Top of mind that came to me, Ghostbusters. We had two folks from the Ontario Ghostbusters. It was one of the episodes that we streamed. It was crazy off the wall. We were originally going to get someone that we knew. He recommended grabbing some other folks from the Ontario Ghostbusters and we were not disappointed. There was so much energy. I don't think we even had to run that episode at all. It mostly ran itself. (laughs) The SCP episode, it was like verging into this area of creepy, but interesting, but also like a community made canon, which was fascinating.
0: The SCP is the only thing I've been able to, cause like the author problem comes up. It's like, what do you do with problematic author or something like that? And SCP was the only thing I could think of that like is authored by everyone or like everyone or like by the community as a whole.
1: Yeah. And things usually don't like, you're not elaborating on existing lore. Usually SCPs are pretty individualized. Yeah. Final Fantasy was great having Dan and Ari on the show. I mostly remember just vamping and riffing a lot, and that was so much fun.
0: I feel like we could have done multiple Final Fantasy episodes with them. Mm -hmm.
1: New podcast. New (laughs) podcast.
0: Final Fantasy. Finally Fantasy. Uh, Is
1: that a thing? Is that a thing?
0: FinallyFantasy.com. Let's go.
1: Finally Fantasy.
0: I'm expecting porn.
1: Finally Fantasy is not showing up in the search. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a yeah.
0: the best in fantasy sports Yeah, Okay.
1: Esperanto. Just fascinating yeah. to learn about the language. Also one of our weirder topics.
0: Also yeah. One of our most listened to episodes. So, mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Actually got picked up on the Esperanto subreddit. Oh yeah. Escape rooms. Errol could talk our ears off, but he, like many guests who could talk our ears off because they know and love the thing that they're doing. Uh, he also knew a lot about it from like the research and development side, which is just mind blowing.
0: Yeah, he had both sides of the of the equation.
1: Yeah, playing games and making games.
0: And he described that, that escape train that I don't think I will ever get to experience.
1: <laughs> also, they had like surveys and data, which is crazy, because usually we would try to find some for the episode. And he's like, yes, here is a conclusive three-year study that we've been doing that we partnered with like University of York or something. <laughs> and my last honorable mention, speedrunners, because what we thought was going to be a dumb topic <sighs> turned out to be really cool. <laughs> That's true. I'm now curious if any of mine overlapped with any of yours, G. Nope. Huh? Actually, <laughs> F- <laughs> I mean, it's cool. We can to- hi-
0: highlight more episodes. I also have three honorable <laughs> mentions. First honorable mention our Rick and Morty episode.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Tyler Marchon came in, was like, I used to be into this show, and now I'm here to trash it. And by the end of the episode, he turned around. <laughs> <laughs> that had never happened. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The host of the Cynical Cartoons podcast found space in his heart once again <laughs> for a show that he discarded. Uh, my next honorable mention, Vampire Chronicles. Oh, my God. Whoa. Just so good. Vampire Chronicles, half talking about the weirdness of Anne Rice with Hazer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I had a lot of fun. They were, like, just interrogating the text from the wrong perspective, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> it was... It was, it was a real interesting, like discussion of like fandom versus author. And my final, I don't mention is our pro wrestling episode. Cause it was basically just me talking about pro wrestling for two hours <laughs> and you guys had to listen to it
1: <laughs> for a second. I was like, is that what happened? But I was thinking of the Lucha, the
0: Lucha Libre. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Lucha Libre. That one, we actually had conversation. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're right. I think we mostly listen. I had yeah. a good time. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that was, yeah, mostly you. Yeah, my
0: memory is just me talking about it. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yep. <laughs> so if you'd like an info dump for <sighs> wrestling, uh, please go find that
1: episode. All right. This is it. The big one. I'm, I'm very curious to see 0. if these overlapped at all. Even just slightly. Just one of us. All right, see. Take us there.
2: All right. My number one favorite episode from the, the run of Phantropological was Galaga. The long quarter. Whoa. Oh, oh it was, man! It was incredibly fascinating talking with Michael Kimball about like the history of the thing, and like it felt looking back on it now, it feels like an episode that wasn't just like looking into a time capsule, but that was kind of like an encapsulation of the fandom itself. Because the like he like he said at the end, fandom is pretty much over. So I mean, unlike with say Star Wars fandom or Star Trek fandom or something that's ongoing galaga fandom we could actually like talk about it as this sort of more concrete thing and i think that i think that's kind of where my ideal for the show was in a lot of ways but galaga is also my number one because one of the reasons i enjoyed talking about it so much with him was because it was uh, a fandom a thing around which there is a fandom that i actually fell in love with through doing the research oh man i became a galaga fan trying to find out about galaga fans
1: you sneaky 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 people (laughs) so so just coincidentally z and i overlapped on the third episode on the third choice but yours was number one you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna hide my hand here oh yeah these cards too early Right, T. oh yes my number one you can call it a cop out but i really do sincerely believe that our best episode was episode one on trekkies whoa what whoa I, All the and, way back. Yeah. And there's lots of good reasons for that. So we, the first episode we talk about, we talk about Star Trek. And why, why was that a great episode? It was before we'd built up any repertoire of podcasts. We'd done a podcast previously, experimentally. Mm. And so Trekkies feels natural. It's us talking. We had a rough idea of what we wanted. There's still a lot of, you can hear it as we're talking, a lot of potential. We're not worried about, no, people are people going to like this? We're just doing it because we love it. Yeah. We're very excited. There's no weariness. We're authentic. We're just saying what we think.
0: Mm-hmm. It was one of the, the first times we, it was, yeah, we ever like dug down on fandom and found a lot of cool stuff.
1: Yes. And, and that's the second part that makes it great, which is the actual content of the episode I think is, is fantastic. Not because it's like, oh, you know, this is a Ken Burns style documentary, but because <laughs> we're just talking about fandom a big fandom, a well-known fandom, in a lot of detail and telling stories of fans. I think what really drives it home for me is like the best episode we've ever done or at least my number one episode. Is at the end of the episode in the first season we we tried to collect, I think it's quotes from fans or or like specific things created by fans that were interesting and I believe it was Z that found an excerpt that was talking about
2: it was um wasn't it Mar- Martin Luther King talking to the actress Uh, The actor who played O'Hara, Nichelle Nichols. Nichols. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Yuzi because you have a tendency to tell long stories, and as you get through the story, you're wondering where it's going. Um, But you didn't write this; you were just reading this, and so I was like, "Where? What is? What is the big thing that this is building to?" And then it's like this double whammy of it's it's like Martin Luther King and Nichelle Nichols, and that's that's where the episode ends. That's pretty much the last thing we talk about in the episode. There's no punchline; it's just this overwhelming feeling of. Star Trek's optimistic future, obviously before Discovery showed up and all that other stuff that made it dark and gritty. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but it's it's just this optimistic future of the fandom, of the show, and that just leaves you with this great feeling—the
0: great feeling of moving to
1: my number one.
0: Ooh,
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> is, is it Star Trek? <laughs>
0: it's breakfast cereals. <laughs>
1: oh, what? <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> Each of us had exactly one overlap. Canon best
0: episode ever, breakfast cereals. I just remember an incredible energy in that episode from an (laughs) unlikely source. (laughs) And apart from all the mascot stuff, finding out the greatest cereal of all time was Quisp, a thing I'd never (laughs) heard of. And uh, even like the history of cereals, how many of the of the top cereals are like real real old or finding <laughs> cereals that were lost in like the depths of history, you know, grape nuts, formula mm-hmm. 23 or whatever. Oh yeah. And just like all the some of the crazy ads that, that breakfast cereals have had throughout <laughs> the year. like it was sort of the perfect storm.
1: Let's also not forget that Kellogg's really didn't want you to masturbate. Yep. I think it was nope. Kellogg's. It might have been. They the made
2: first. It was it was one of the Kellogg brothers because that's what yeah. cornflakes were for. Yep until they added sugar. Which I <laughs> I that's because the, the other stuff. brother took over. Yeah, the other brother took over the yeah. business and he was all about that sugar and that money. Oh, so that's, that's a good overview of, <laughs> of quite a few episodes
0: of Anthropological, mm-hmm. all of which are and will, yeah. the foreseeable feature, be available anywhere you mm-hmm. listen to podcasts.
1: Yeah, we have no reason to take them down. So that's going to do it for this episode.
0: We will... Take any and all feedback that you have on this, on any of our projects. Nick at TheNixCast.com. You can find our comings and goings at The Nixcast anywhere on the internet. As for what we're up to individually, I am a musician. And you can find my stuff at Fragilera.Bandcamp.com. All of my all of my synthy, boopy, beepy, machiny stuff can be found at those locations. And uh,
1: with more on the way. Anthropological may be over, but the Zeal Archives is not. Albeit it is very delayed it has a very irregular schedule but if you want to learn more about the world of chrono trigger and get a nice little dose of audio drama and a heaping ton of information about that world you can go to zealarchives.com and listen to our podcast about chrono trigger you can find out more details about that at zealarchives.com or just follow all the next cast socials and there will be updates when the next episode is going live sometime in 2021
2: all right as for me I am the writing boy. I'm, I am the one who writes. And you can find what I write currently over on Amazon. That's anyamazon.com.ca.uk. Um, .NZ? Even .NZ, yeah, appropriately enough. I was going to take that in a darker direction and say .gov, no doubt, in a few years. But oh. <laughs> anyway, and if you go there and type in Beowulf, a mostly modern verse translation, or NSC zakarowitz if you're up for a challenge you'll no doubt uh find what i've got out there so far and uh i am poised to release another work fairly shortly i'm not sure where this is going to release but it should be uh should have a second book posted up there around the end of september something to look
0: forward to mm-hmm. all right that's gonna be it for us so until next time we'll talk to you next time thank you for listening everybody